We're thrilled to announce that we now have seven powerful devotionals available on YouVersion's Bible app. For those not in the know, YouVersion is the top Bible app in the world, and we're honored to be on this incredible platform. Our devotionals dive deep into the pillars that define the lion within us, health, wealth, and self. So whether you're seeking spiritual growth, financial wisdom, or personal development, these devotionals are tailor-made for you. So ready to embark on this transformative journey and unleash the lion within you? Head over to thelionwithin.us slash uversion to access our devotions on the uversion app. Join thousands of like-minded individuals and dive into the word with us. That's thelionwithin.us slash uversion. That's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And let's grow together and become the leaders God intends us to be. Welcome to The Line Within Us, a podcast serving Christian men who are hungry to be the leaders they're predestined to be. I'm your host, Chris Granger, so let's jump in. All right, guys, you know this week we've been focusing on anger, and today we're going to be talking about understanding and processing anger, and I brought in the expert. I brought in Mr. Joseph Warren, and I tell you what, he's going to unpack this for us, but before we get there, I want to remind you of the verse of the week this week, guys. You better be studying it. Put it in your heart. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So guys, you better have that one in your heart. There will be a quiz at the end of this podcast. Now, Joseph Warren, who is this guy? He grew up on welfare and government cheese. He started his first seven-figure business at age 19 and wasted away his 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. He made millions, guys but then he lost it all and considering taking his own life. But God had a supremely better plan for him. Joseph now hosts the Broken Catholic podcast, the number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. His show has been rated under the top 100 Christian podcasts in the world since 2019. So I'm, I'm excited to have Mr. Joseph Warren. So, hey, Joseph, how are you doing today? I am so blessed, Chris. Like to be here with you and your audience, your guys, uh, to speak some of God's truth uh, into their lives, but mostly to bring God's mercy and forgiveness. As men, so many times we don't run back to our Heavenly Father when we know we need to because we're scared. Right. We're scared He's not going to take us back. Right. We're scared we're too broken. We're yeah. unfixable. Yeah. Right, and I want to bring that message that that is those are lies of the enemy to keep us separated from our Father, who has open arms. Again, the prodigal father, right. no judgment. His arms are wide open. He's out looking and waiting for us, for you to come back every single day. Right, right. He certainly does. He certainly does. What a beautiful way to start. And I tell you what, Joseph, too. I mean, I gave you that intro, and you probably got some of our guys want to know a little bit more. So. Give us, give us a little bit more about your background, you know, where you're at, you know, what, what led you to where you're at right now? Yeah. So I grew up in a family of six kids, three boys, three girls, very Brady Bunch uh, okay. to date some of our audience there. And, uh, you know, life was good when we were little kids. Um, we were loved. My father was Marine. Uh, and, uh, you know, when he came out of the Marine Corps, 
Uh, he was in the Vietnam War, and he saw things no human should ever have to see mm-hmm. uh, in battle or in life. And when he came back, uh, he wanted to start a family and find the right woman and 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 do fatherhood. He knew that that was his vocation. Yeah. Um, so he he met my mom. Uh, she was a hundred percent Greek woman uh, in New York, and uh, stuff uh, tough and stubborn, you know, Greek females, and uh, that was his gal. And they got married, um, had uh, us children, and my father was very intentional uh, mm. with his faith because he didn't come from a, uh, a practicing Christian background. Uh, his family, his parents were Protestant, but uh, they weren't practicing. They didn't go to church. They God really wasn't part of the everyday conversation. Uh, so he wanted to take his faith serious, obviously, after what he had seen in battle. Right. He probably had new perspective yeah. about eternity and finality. And uh, he decided, you know, I'm going to do faith right. So he searched and said, which is the true faith? Like, which is the one um, for me as a man and I'm going to raise my children in? And uh, he ended up doing a very curious search, I I think. Uh, you know, he asked some basic questions like, where is the enemy attacking the most in the church? Because he had this, some kind of perspective the Holy Spirit gave him, I'm sure of, you know, if you don't know where truth is, uh, look where evil is attacking most. That's truth. Like, it's it's like a shortcut, you know, if you will, Uh, because the enemy is always out to destroy truth, right? So he ended up uh, landing in the the Catholic church and uh, he decided um, that he was going to combine his uh, Marine Corps training and Catholicism. Mm. Well, that becomes really tough. Uh, and, and life at home um, became kind of like a little dictatorship, you know, and it was kind of like a Marine Corps boot camp yeah. uh, and yeah. religiosity uh, and discipline and rules and regulations. Not to say that all those things are not good for us, but if I look back, I would say it was, it was just too much. Mm. There was, there was redundancy there and we were like little soldiers. And, and I give that perspective because I think many men can relate to that kind of upbringing where God was presented to us as more of a tyrannical God, someone to be feared that's waiting to condemn us, to punish us rather than a loving father who's full of mercy and compassion and understanding. Right. So though God was taught both ways, the emphasis was clearly in my home on the the tyrannical fear God rather than run to God. It was run away from God. Very Adam and Eve in the garden. I messed up. I'm a sinner. Let me run and hide. Right. And that's that kind of painted the start of my uh, childhood, my adolescence into my young adult life. Right. Right. I guess is that helpful background? No, this is a very helpful background for sure. I mean, it sounds like I mean, you, you guys had 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 a line you had to walk, and it sounds like your dad did not let you get out of line there. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and corporal punishment was definitely a thing. So I got belts, wood paddles, the works. Right, You're right. Now, well, I tell you though, you know, I've almost seen society swing too far the other way now, where there's just there's no discipline at home. There, you know, fatherlessness is 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 rampant. There's a lot of homes with no with no dads and no strong male mm-hmm. leaders. And even inside the church, I see it. It's just as it's funny. You know, sometimes we we see 
certain dad groups inside the church work, but then like as the kids grow, like the dads disappear and it ends up being just the moms there or something. So it's like, come on, we know we have to, but we have to draw these guys in. We have to give them a reason to want to come to church and to engage and to grow as Christian men too. I agree with you completely. You know, I got the paddle. That was my discipline growing up. And yeah. nowadays, a lot of dads, they swing a feather at their kids. Ooh, yeah. Like that's somehow kind of going to work. And and it's like these feathery, fluffy words we use. You know, I'm a count to three. Yeah, kids are smart. They're like, you did that before and nothing happened. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to go do my thing, dad. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, sometimes you got to bring the, 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 the thunder. You know, you got to let them know. So it's... uh. It's pretty, yeah. it's, it's, it's sad, you know, something when you think about it. And when I was reading your book and, and started thinking about, you know, just Christian men in general. And then I, I ran across this the other day, a guy was just telling me how to, it was at a recreational basketball game and like for seven year olds and the coach was ready to fight him like at a little rec league basketball. And it, and, it, it, and we just started talking about anger and I, was, and I started thinking about you. I'm like, well, this is a good time to have this conversation because this he was a he was a Christian man, and he was not immune to that anger. I mean, that anger it, it surfaced, it it came out, and and like you said, it's a tool it's a tool that Satan uses, and it can ruin our testimony. And I'm just just curious your thoughts of you know why that is. Mm. Before I answer why that is, if I could just give context to anger in general, absolutely, would that be all right? Absolutely. I think anger is a gift from God. It is an asset. Righteous anger. Right. We are meant to have it as men. It's one of our weapons. Right. In the fight against the enemy. Jesus displayed righteous anger when he flipped the tables in his father's house when it was being desecrated. He showed, here's a tool. Here's an asset. Here's part of your masculine strength I've given you. The problem, I think, is exactly what you just shared in that story of the little league coach. Us men now in society are pointing our anger in the wrong direction. Rather than pulling that righteous anger and looking around and saying, look at all this evil in the world. Look at all the evildoers trying to steal my children's future. Let me bring this anger at them. Right. What do we do instead? We're passive. We hold, our, we hold our language back. We hold the righteous anger in where we should project it, right? Because we don't want to be chastised. We don't be, want to be condemned. We don't want to target on our back. We don't want to ruin our careers. It's public opinion, status, etc. But then the anger is still there. Yeah. So there needs to be an outlet eventually. It's like an erupting volcano when there's enough pressure. It's going to blow. That's right. So we end up blowing up on our wife and our children more times than we like. We end up blowing up publicly on a little league coach over our son's little ball game. Like we blow up in the areas where we shouldn't, and we don't blow up in the areas where we should. Right. Anger, again, is a strength. But when pointed at the wrong, in the wrong direction, uh, it is destructive. Right. And we end up hurting the people we love the most, the people that we're working so hard to provide for. Right. 
because we don't know what to do with our anger as men. Yeah. But there's definitely an answer of where to bring that anger. And I think we're going to get into that into the sh- in, in the conversation today. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I tell you what, you know, when I, when I read your book and guys check out the show notes, there's links there. You can c- connect directly with Joseph and all his material. You know, you, you refer to it as, as rocks, you know, and you, 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 you kind of call, you know, the different rocks out, you know, that, uh, that, that you just see as what's, what's pulling against men. So maybe unpack a few of those for our listeners out there. Cause I'd, I'd love to get your take. Cause you're right. We're focusing that anger where it shouldn't be the wife, the kids, the, the coach, the referee who doesn't get the call. I, I literally saw somebody walk in this game and the last story on this game, they had a shirt that said, give me your whistle. And like the whole time this person sat in the stands was and kept yelling, give me a whistle ref. I'm like, what's wrong with you people? This is like, this is, let's show some grace here. Let's, let, let's, you know, this is not, you know, being a, a model for these kids. So anger's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to hear about these rocks that you talk about. And, and, and I know our listeners will too. Okay. So if you're listening right now, when I say rocks, what I'm referring to is head trash. Rocks means head trash. It's, it's all those rocks in your head. Um, that hold you back in your life, right. that make you hesitate, that make you pause, that make you not do the right thing, even though you know you ought to, that make you do the wrong thing, even though you know it's destroying yourself and your family. These are rocks, okay? And here's what happens. Rocks in our head are not our fault. It's not your fault. Over time, since you were a little boy, the enemy has been speaking lies into your mind relentlessly and repeatedly and convincingly. And he's been mostly uh, focused on three lies because these lies attack who you are, your identity, what you're called to do. So lie number one is that the enemy has been whispering to your subconscious is God doesn't love you. God doesn't love you. If he did, then Why did he let you experience so much pain and hurt when you were younger? Why didn't he protect you? See, God doesn't love you. You're not worth protecting. Right. So that's the first lie. God doesn't love you. Lie number two, God isn't a good father and you can't trust him. After all, where was he when that person hurt you? Where was he when that person broke your trust? So God isn't a good father and you can't trust him. And over the years, you get so much evidence that stacks to back that up, right? Oh, this person screwed me over. God didn't protect me in that relationship. Oh, God doesn't love me. God isn't a good father. I can't trust him. So we start to rely on self. Yeah. Well, I got to look out for my own. I got to protect myself. Nobody else is going to. God certainly hasn't. Right. And then the third lie, the enemy speaks into us repeatedly and convincingly is you are no good. You are defective. There's something wrong with you. Because if you were good, then God wouldn't, then God would have protected you, but you're a piece of crap. Right. So he didn't. You're no good. And so many guys are so hard on themselves, too. I mean, we're, we're our worst critics. So now think about that. Those are the three big rocks that the enemy has been throwing at you mm-hmm. your whole life. 
it's not your fault. You were an innocent little boy. Right. And all of a sudden, rocks are coming at you. You didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. Then over time, people started throwing rocks, right? Because people are people. We have a fallen, broken nature. That's why we need a savior. So we hurt each other. Right. It's what humans do. It's why Jesus came to save us from ourselves. Right. Right. And he said, greatest commands are love God and then love each other. Stop hurting each other. Right. Right. So we're throwing rocks at each other. The enemy's throwing rocks at you. Then you're throwing rocks. Others are throwing rocks at you. You pick up rocks and throw them back in retaliation and hurt them back. You hurt the, you know, those girlfriends that you dated, right? You, uh, you hurt the, the friends that did you wrong. You hurt them back. Right. You hurt your spouse because she said something that you felt hurt from. So now you retaliate. So we, we got these rocks being thrown back and forth, back and forth. And then, like you said, Chris, we end up throwing rocks at ourselves. All that negative self-talk. I remember one client came to me uh, and he's like, I said, what's the problem? What's going on? And, you know, what are your rocks? And he goes, dude, I wake up every morning. And for the first five minutes in bed, I just lie there awake, pretty much yelling at myself, saying the nastiest, most horrific things I could. Right. You're a piece of crap. You're no good. You're not worth anything. Nobody wants you. Nobody likes you. Nothing's going to work out for you. It's all a lie. People are pretending they like you, but they really don't. Right. It's all going to collapse. Right. And he goes on like this, his brain for five minutes every morning. Imagine starting your day this way. Are you set up to win or to lose? Yeah. Well, if you feel like a loser right out the gate, guess what you're going to do? Right. Your brain is just a computer system that's going to go, oh, you want more of that? Okay, let me go get you the evidence. You need that you're a loser and you're a piece of crap. That's right. And then you make poor decisions. You jack things up that validate, see, I screwed that up too. I am a loser. I am a piece of crap. Nobody loves me. This isn't going to work out. God doesn't love me. Right. Rocks, rocks, rocks. And you get buried in a pile of rocks. And here's the problem, the real problem, I think, Chris is over time, those rocks, here's what we do. God made each and every one of his sons and daughters. He put good soil into them, right? It says when God made everything, it was good. That means you, my friend, my brother, are good. When God made you, he made good. And in you, he put good soil that he wants to be fruitful and fertile and rich. Right. But over time, all these rocks get thrown into your soil, your good soil, over a lifetime. And they start to bury themselves in your soil. Because we don't want to look at the rocks. They hurt. (laughs) Their wounds. Their shame. Their guilt. So the rocks, through life, the, the storms come, the rain comes, the wind comes of life, and it buries the rocks deeper and deeper and deeper into our soil. And finally, they're out of sight, out of mind. And we're like, okay, whew, I can move on with my life. That girl is finally gone. I'm finally done with that relationship. Meanwhile, what we don't realize is that the rocks are still there and they're just festering. But more than festering, rocks, metaphorically, these rocks, grow Mm -hmm. over time. Time doesn't heal all things. That's a lie. Forgiveness heals all things. 
God heals all things. Time does not. Time typically makes things worse. Right. So that's very important to understand. So these rocks are in your soil and over time they're just sitting there and growing and growing and growing and left unaddressed, those little pebbles become stones and then they grow and grow and grow into boulders. Yeah. And by the time you notice them, because now they're boulders and they're starting to raise to the surface, you're like, oh crap. Like I have this big problem I need to address. I have massive anxiety. I have massive depression. I'm drinking all the time. I'm addicted to porn, etc. Boulders. By the time you see them, they've grown to such uh, a huge capacity and mass that they're too heavy for you to lift out of your own soil. So by the time you actually want to do something about them, you can't. Your strength is not sufficient. Right. So you need God to take him out. God's power is sufficient. God's power is enough. Therapy is good. Counseling is good. But many of you have tried it. Yet you're still dealing with the same rocks years later. Why? Yeah. Because they're still in the soil. Only God can get them out. So we're going to talk about that today. But let me fully answer your question. There's seven types of rocks I've identified that kill most Christian men. All men in general. Well, first rocks. What? Before, before you jump into that, let's take a quick break. Then we'll come back and we'll roll through that list. And because I, I love the analogy that, that that you set up right there, you painted a, such a great picture. You know, I'm envisioning these rocks. I'm ready. I'm ready to hear the next part. So we'll be right back. At the line within us, we discuss wealth a lot, and our sponsor at Investing for Beginners provides great resources for those wanting to take their knowledge of investing to the next level. Their monthly research e-letter is the best way to learn about the market and apply insight to begin growing your wealth. The newsletter tracks the founder's journey of managing a portfolio and shares how the decisions are made. For the beginning investor, this could be a great way to learn how to get started with investing from a company that is putting their money where their mouth is. I've been subscribing to their e-letter for quite some time, and it's something I look forward to every month, and I've learned a ton. They are a conservative group with an emphasis on a margin of safety. The Lion Within Us listeners can receive 15% off the monthly e-letter by visiting thelionwithin.us slash IFB, that's investing for beginners, and using the promo code LION at checkout. That's thelionwithin.us slash IFB, and use promo code LION to receive 15% off your monthly research e-letter. All right, guys, we're back here with Joseph. Now, he, he just went through the big rocks, and you guys may have them in your head. I know I got them in my head, and I was thinking about the gardening work that I do for my wife every year and cleaning the land out, and I'm picking up these big boulders, and, but I do that so she can produce some wonderful fruit. And I know that's where Joseph is, is, is getting us to. So, Joseph, you, you, you said there's a list of seven that you refer to as rocks here. So what are they? Awesome. Before I give you the seven types of rocks, I just want to – Finish and complete that metaphor. Okay. So here you are your whole life. Rocks have been thrown in your soil. The enemy threw rocks. People throw rocks. You've thrown rocks at yourself. The rocks have submerged. 
deep into the soil. And over time, they grew uh, from little pebbles to stones to now boulders. They may look like addictions. They may look like serious vices, uh, destructive behavior, anger, that inner rage. You're just explosive. You're yelling at the little league coach over trivial stuff. You're wearing T-shirts that say, give me your whistle. Like, you got issues, bro. Okay, there's real rocks going on in your life. So step one, acknowledge you got rocks that need to be dealt with. So what happens again, God put good soil in each of us, but now the soil over time has been taking over by the rocks and your good, rich, fertile, and fruitful soil has become rocky ground. Right. And rocky ground, think of a desert. It's unusable. It's not fruitful. It's useless. So if you feel stuck in your purpose, and you're like, I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel like I'm being used to my full capacity. You're right. And that's a clear evidence. You probably got some big boulders stuck in your soil, some rocks that God wants out. He wants to set you free and make you fertile again and fruitful again for his kingdom. So here's the seven types of rocks that kill most men. Thank you for being so patient and waiting. The first type of rock is mental rocks. We spoke about those, the rocks in the heads. Yeah. Uh, this is the stupid thinking that holds you back and keeps you stuck. Okay? So it could be like, I'm not good enough. I'm a piece of crap. <laughs> right? These types of lies uh, become rocks. And when we people throw the rocks, the enemy throws the rocks, and we uh, take the rocks and we digest them, we end up internalizing them. So see, rocks are external when they're thrown at us, but when you take it for yourself and repeat the lie back to yourself about yourself, think of like you're putting a rock in your mouth and swallowing it. It had no power over you until you said it about yourself. But because you're made in God's image and likeness and God created the entire universe through the spoken word, Jesus Christ. And you have co-creative abilities because you're his son made in his image and likeness. You could co-create your world with your words, your spoken words. So when you speak those words out loud, I'm a piece of crap. You literally digest a rock into your own soil, right? So mental rocks. The next rocks are shame rocks. Shame rocks are those deep wounds from the past trauma and abuse uh, that are sabotaging all your present relationships and your future relationships. Some of you men were hurt as children. Some of you, terrible things were done to you. And you have guilt and shame. I know of one gentleman that, not to go horrific, but geez, I mean, what this man went through when he was a boy, innocent boy, playing with some, you know, moves to a new neighborhood, the neighbors invite him out. Hey, you want to go to the cemetery or whatever? And we're going to like, uh, play some things and shoot some things or whatever. Okay. Okay. He wants to make friends. They bring him to the cemetery and these group of older boys rape him. And then tell him he's gay. Because, you know, why'd you enjoy it? Right? Like they right. like just lies of the enemy, evil, pure evil. And then tell him that we're going to kill you. And we're going to bury you here. And they brought a shovel and they have him start digging his own grave. Oh, Lord. And praise God that 
some adult walked was walking through the graveyard at that time and he ran at that moment and got away and God spared his life. Think of the rocks that that young boy is carrying now for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Am I gay? Am I terrible? Why did God allow that? Think of this, the, the internal dialogue that he had as a teenager, as a young man in college, how that interrupted or disrupted his relationships with girls. That one occurrence. This is what we're talking about. Shame. Shame rocks. He did nothing wrong, but the shame is on him. Right. Many of you men have shame rocks you're carrying in your backpack. And you move them from one side of your back to the other, but you never put them down. Or you never give them up to God. The third type of rock, deadly rock, that kill most men is business rocks. Business rocks, right? So think of imposter syndrome, right? You're a fraud. Everyone's going to find out. You don't know what the heck you're doing. That's right. Hey, Chris, you and I were podcasters. Let's be clear. Year one, two, and three. Don't we feel like frauds when we're building our shows? We're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just hoping it's working. Everybody's going to find out. I have no clue what I'm doing. True or true? That's true. Okay. Imposter syndrome. It's one of the biggest uh, rocks out there in the business world. Uh, I get to interview a lot of people on my other business show and I've interviewed uh, successful business people that just did a hundred thousand. And, uh, I've had guests that did 250 million last mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. and they all struggle with imposter syndrome. Yeah. Same no way. one's immune to it. Same way. Here. Yeah. You, you get it, right? Yep. Uh, self-doubt, right? Self-doubt, second guessing every decision in your business. Yeah. So yeah. many of us do this. Yes. Um, procrastination. Mm. Right. Just start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Right. And we, and we just do these false starts Why? and we don't see things through. We don't complete them. Yeah. We I don't, just got to get it to this point. If I get it at this point, I'll be okay. Yeah. That point just keeps moving down and down. The horizon. Further, further. It's like a su- chasing a sunset. You'll yep. never obtain it. Yep. So procrastination. Um, and then the lone wolf, the lone wolf. Uh, man, I was the lone wolf in business, right? 19 years old. We did over $2 million in 12 months right out the gate. I had business partners, but man, I didn't act like it. Yeah. It was all about me and everybody follow me. Yeah. And I had a team of 50 people follow Joseph. Look at Joseph. Isn't Joseph great? I had a lot of rocks going on. The lone wolf, man, thinks he can do everything himself. Now, many of you men listening right now. You have lone wolf syndrome. I think I might have just created that that term, Chris. Uh, You have lone wolf syndrome. You have LWS. And maybe you're not just doing it in your business. Maybe you're doing it at home. You refuse to ask for help, even though you need it, even though your family, your marriage is being destroyed. Right in front of your eyes. You see it. You don't want it but you won't do anything about it. Right. Instead, you go to drinking, maybe drugs, maybe porn to self-soothe. I get it. It's not your fault, but God doesn't want you to stay there. 
Right. All right. The fourth type of, of rock is marriage rocks, right? We just kind of leaned into that. This is the real reason you're losing intimacy with your wife. And it's mostly because you're trying to control her. Unconsciously, come on, we're men. Let's get real. Unconsciously, don't you want everyone to think the way you do? To see the world the way you do? Because you obviously know what's best. Right. Come on. Right. Let's be real. I know you, I do. You're just like, you read me like a book, Joseph. This is getting kind of <laughs> scary, man. It's getting kind of scary. I got crystal ball into your heart. No. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. So we got marriage rocks, man. We're controlling our wives and we're doing it in this passive, mm -hmm. aggressive way. I get to coach a lot of type A alpha males that are hyper successful, super high achievers in business, crushing it, seven, eight, nine figures. Well, that's a strength in business. At home, it's destructive. It's destructive. Their need to control helps them a lot in business. At home, it destroys the ones they love. It crushes them. You say, honey, yeah, you go ahead and plan the trip. I know I have one client. He goes, Joseph, you know, uh, I let my wife pick the family vacation every year. But the entire time we're there, I'm complaining and griping because things aren't going my way, the way I planned it and the schedule, et cetera. And I had no idea. I'm trying to control the entire thing. And then when it doesn't go my way, I'm blowing up on them. Mm -hmm. My anger's coming out. My rage is coming out. Joseph, I'm a little control freak. Ding, 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 ding. So am I. So are you. Yeah. We're just in denial half the time, okay? So marriage rocks. Uh, the fifth type of rock, destructive rock, is parenting rocks. We're doing it with our kids. Let's be yep. real. Yep. Uh, this is why you feel dad guilt, uh, dad guilt and why you're not stepping up as a father, right? So many of you are, are working so much, so hard. You're workaholics and you're doing it all in the name of your wife and kids. I'm doing it for you, honey. That's right. I'm doing it for, for you, you, kids. How come you're not grateful when I walk in the door at 9 p.m.? How come you're not so excited to see me? And dad, thank you for all the hard work you did today. Thank you for all the sacrifices you made for me, dad. Bro, you got it wrong. Your kids don't want your provisions. Sure, they need it, but they don't want it. They want your presence. Right. And if you're gone 8, 9, 10, 12, 15 hours a day, you're losing them. And you may never get them back. And things may look okay right now for a moment for this little stage of their life. But when their brains fully develop and they look back and go, man, dad was never there for me. Yeah. Dad missed this in my life. Dad missed that in my life. Screw you, dad. I want nothing to do with you. You didn't want nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. Parenting rocks. Uh, number six is fitness rocks. Fitness rocks. Come on. Dude, when I turned 40, Chris, I was like. Man, I'm not going to be like a 40-year-old. There's no way. I'm too prideful. 
I'm like, I'm not going to let my body go to crap. I'm just not. I made a commitment to my wife. Honey, I will never have a dad bod. Never. And if you ever see one coming on, you call me out and I'm, I'm going to handle that thing. I'm going to control it because I'm <laughs> right. a little control freak. Right. And, and dude, 40 was good. 41. I was like, yeah, man, I'm still ripped and shredded and jacked. Look at these other guys. Come on. Aren't you embarrassed, bro? Right. And then I hit 42, 43. And all of a sudden my body started yelling back at me. And I started to look in the mirror one day and I saw a dad bod almost in full effect. Yeah. And I was like, where did you come from? It was like an enemy crept into my house, an intruder. How did you get in here? Right. And I'm looking down at my, my navel, can't see my junk anymore. And I'm like, what the heck? Fitness rocks. Why you keep putting the weight back on and you're slowly killing yourself, brother. Yeah. You're letting it all go to pieces. Remember, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're right. made in God's image and likeness. Think about like having a church. And there's one guy who has a church on one side of the street and another one that has one on the other side of the street. And one keeps his beautiful. It looks like a cathedral on the inside. It's always well kept. The artwork is stunning. It's incredible. And when you walk in, you're inspired. You're like, wow. I feel God here. I see God here. I want to be around God here in this temple, in this church. And then you go to the other one and it's overrun and it's just graffitied up and it's like the the walls are cracked and it's busting and the paint is old and it's just unkept. This is what a dad bot is. (laughs) And you don't see God there at all. You don't feel God there at all. Well, your life, brother, is the gospel. Your life is meant to be your evangelization. Right. People look at you and they either see God in you and they are drawn to God through you or they're right. repelled. So I want each of you right now to look down wherever you are sitting or standing. Can you see your junk right now? Or is it hidden under a mountain? If there is, you may have some fitness rocks. Okay. And, uh, Chris, here's the good news. You can get rid of them. Okay, I did. In two weeks, first off, I asked for help. I went to my Marine Corps buddy. Uh, He's a Marine Colonel, 30 years, just retired. And uh, now he does full health coaching with his wife. And this guy is like, he's 50. uh, He's just shredded. He's just like the epitome of health. Right. uh, Right. right, Over 40. And I'm just like, bro, I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, I did up until 43 and now my body does is, is got its own imagination here. Like, what do I do? And I went on a two week fitness program with him and I got rid of my dad bod and I've kept it off since that was a year and a half ago. Nice. All right. Nice. Two years ago. All right. So it's possible. The, uh, seventh, uh, type of rock is spiritual rocks. Spiritual rocks. I feel are the most destructive of all the rocks. Why? Because your soul's on the line, which means your eternity is at risk. You can't take your body with you. Whether you die with a dad bod or a ripped bod, it stays in the dirt. It's going in the ground. It's going in the ground. But your soul, 
That is who you are. Right. Made in God's image and likeness. He's a spiritual being. So are you. You you were made for eternity, my friend. This is why you feel disconnected from God and lost in your purpose. You got spiritual rocks going on. I spoke of some of mine, right? Mm -hmm. I saw God as a tyrannical uh, God, a dictator, one to run away from. I had spiritual rocks that blocked me in my relationship with God. I ran away from him rather than to him. I didn't grow with him. I grew away from him, apart from him. So you probably have spiritual rocks. So again, a recap of the seven deadly rocks. We got mental rocks, shame rocks, business rocks, marriage rocks, parenting rocks, fitness rocks, and spiritual rocks. Brother, which of these rocks are you carrying right now? Right. Because there's probably, if you guys, if you answer this honestly, you know, there's probably one or one of those rocks in each one of our pockets, you know, and, and they're going to weigh us down. And the good part about, you know, where we're going with this conversation, we're here to, to inspire you, to give you some ideas to understand and process these rocks. Joseph has ways to do that too. So we're going, Joseph, if it's cool, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we're going to ask you, how can you help us unpack and, and, and blow those rocks up and get them out of our life? Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it'd be cool to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more, within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcast isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their messages out to the world. Let's create something great together. Visit thelionwithin.us slash buzz to let Buzzsprout know we sent you, and you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. That's the line within dot us slash buzz. All right, guys, we're back here with Joseph Warren. He just unpacked those seven rocks and, and go to the show notes. We're going to have them in there for you guys as well, because we really want you to, to think about those because you have to understand them, these areas before you can actually improve them. So, Joseph, with that being said, you know, how can these Christian men, the lines out there that are listening, how can they move from understanding that anger and those rocks to actually processing it. Awesome. So let's first discuss what some common strategies. Sure. Right? These these are here's what most men do with their rocks, whichever of the seven that they have, right? Right. These are common strategies. However, they're high risk strategies. Okay. Okay. Mean if you do these strategies or you've done these strategies, uh, you're heading towards impending doom. <laughs> okay. 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 All right, brothers, listen up. All right. So the first strategy, common strategy, most men do nothing. Mm. Let it lie. Let it lie. It will go away over time. It will get better. I'm working on it. That's right. That's right. You know what? Yeah, you're right. I need to, I need to fix that. Yep. Yep. I'll work on that. Next month. Next month, next year, yeah, next year, and then the other rock of procrastination comes in and takes over. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else? Another strategy: uh, deny you have rocks. 
What you talking about? Men, yeah. <laughs> what you talking about? I don't got rocks, bro. You got rocks, man. Screw you. That's right. right? Give me the whistle. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, another common strategy most men do is we refuse to ask for help. Yeah. You're right. I have rocks. Pride, But man. I got to carry it myself. Yep. It's my load. Yep. It's my cross. I'll feel bad on my own. Pride. Pride, 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 which is the biggest of all the rocks, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke about this. Try to work on their rocks by themselves. The yep. lone wolf. That's right. I got it this. It doesn't work, bros. That's right. You've been doing it for years. How's it going? How's it going? Yeah, that's right. I got this. What are you talking about? I got this. <laughs> yep. Well, how long do you want it? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, another common strategy, men go to therapy to learn how to manage and cope with their rocks, but not ever eliminate them. Mm. Right? So you learn effective strategies in therapy of mm-hmm. how to carry the rocks in a way that doesn't cripple you. Right. So you manage them, you get by. But were you made by God, your maker, your creator, your father to just get by? Under this payload of crushing weight? No. God wants you free. Free right. from all the rocks, right? And, and we're going to blast them. God's going to blast them for you. Uh, another common strategy, men self-medicate to numb the pain. Mm-hmm. They self-medicate to numb the pain. I've had many clients come to me and they're addicted to marijuana. They're addicted to prescription uh, drugs, medications. They're addicted to alcohol. They're addicted to porn. These are four of the most common ways that men self-soothe. Mm-hmm. When they have a problem they don't know how to fix or they have a rock they cannot lift by themselves. Which ends up doing what? Creating more rocks. That's right. Crushing yourself more. Uh, two more common strategies. Men give up. They quit and accept their impending doom. You've seen men like this in your life. Mm-hmm. They're just walking around with their heads down, looking at right. the ground, going They're through beaten. life. Defeated. They're beaten. Defeated. They got the lion kicked out of them. That's right. There's no lion left in them. There's no raw. They gave up. And then uh, the last common strategy, divorce. Divorce, yeah. With the marriage rocks, especially. Uh, we lose everything and everyone. Everybody uh, that you've ever worked for. Yep. They're gone. You got to start over. Right? So these are common strategies, very high risk strategies, but the, you're doing one of them, bro. Which one are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. But I have a new strategy for you. You're welcome. All right. This, right? Though, I'm it's excited. a better strategy. That's right. It's a better strategy. It's a God strategy. Um, so first we got to ask, like, what rocks are you dealing with right now? Are you dealing with addiction? You dealing with loneliness? You dealing with self-doubt? Mm-hmm. You dealing with guilt? Shame? Porn, anger, blame, trauma, just the pain, a lifetime of pain, chronic disappointments. That was a huge rock for me. Mm-hmm. Things not going my way. Well, I'm going to teach you how to blast all these rocks. Like gone, blast them to smithereens once and for all. Okay. All right. That's what's great. So first off, I got to ask your audience, would you like some help? Chris, you could speak on their behalf. I'm going to tell you what. I can't imagine if you're listening to the line within us and you're going to say, no, I'm good. 
you know, I think we, at this point, we need help. We need help, right? And let me tell you what happens when you don't handle these rocks. Sorry, Chris, I got to press on the pain just a little more. Because some men aren't getting it yet. They're not. They're sitting there and they're like, oh, I hear you. No, no, I got those, but it's going to work out. It's going to work out. I got faith in God. I've been praying about it for years. Like, God's got me. God's got me. Yeah, but you may not be doing it the right way. You know? God wants to set you free. But you got to ask him the right way. And you got to be, show up with a contrite heart. Mm. Right? And not a victimhood. This is very important. All right. So what would be the impact if you did nothing? So I want you to think right now, what percentage of your full potential are you currently living right now? 100%? What will it cost you in the next year to keep living at, say, 20% or 50% of your full potential? What will it cost you in lost income, in your quality of life, in your relationships, your marriage, unfulfilled dreams? There's a tangible price tag here, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. There really is. All right. So I want you to write down a literal dollar amount it's going to cost you over the next 12 months if you do nothing right now with about your rocks. Write it down. Would you like some help calculating? I'm going to go here real quick. The average cost, research shows, the average cost of getting divorced in the U.S. is $15,000 in legal fees. Okay? Plus, you're going to pay 40 to 60% of your gross income for alimony and child support for the next five to 10 years. Ouch. The more money you make, the more you're going to pay. And you could lose half or more of your shared assets. Gone. And you could pay thousands of dollars for therapy and counseling just to manage the negative emotional and psychological effects of divorce on your children and yourself. After just five years, a typical, uh, a typical divorce could easily cost you $100,000 or more. Do the math. You'll see what I'm saying is true. $100,000 or more, bro. I want you to like imagine getting out your checkbook and writing a check for $100,000 or more and handing it to your rocks. It's significant. Significant. Yeah. All right. So there's two ways. Um, You know... Listen, I don't know why you're here and why you're listening to Chris's show today, other than his charismatic personality and his handsome, chiseled good looks. But I want you to understand. I do have (laughs) jokes. But I want you to understand this one thing. You can go from angry and stressed and beat down by your rocks to peace and purpose in just 90 days or less. You can. There's two ways, um, and I'm going to tell you. The first way is by trial and error. Trial and error. It's the slow and painful way. This is the way I did it, for sure, um, because I didn't know any better. Right? Blind spots. You don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. right at the time. Right. Uh, I wouldn't recommend this, though. 
it was painful, exhausting, and very costly. Um, and it took a long time. Uh, the second is by using a proven system. Uh, but before I tell you about it, let me tell you who this is not for. All right. And I want you to put your hand up and be honest with yourself right now, gentlemen. This is not for my system's not for those who are lazy. I made this as simple as possible, but it will take some work. So if you're lazy and you're not doing willing to do the work, you want someone else to fix you, fix your situation. This is not for you. All right. If you're waiting for someone else to save you, not for you. Uh, number two, if this is going to take food off your table, I don't want you to get it. Like for real, some of you have financial rocks, right? Let's right. be real. Your right. business rocks have turned into financial rocks and you're barely getting by. You're not my guy. Go listen to my free content. Absolutely. Get your financial rocks out, you know, get some footing under you. Um, then maybe you're ready. Right. Because as we know, if you want to grow, you got to put skin in the game. There's real, there's real cost of not doing anything, but there's less cost if you do something. But there's still a cost. There's an investment. There's a price to pay. Uh, this is not for guys who want to talk about their rocks, but do nothing to get rid of them. So if you find coping and managing with your rocks and you got this and it's working, but not really, but you're okay with that, you're comfortable and complacent, not for you. And then last, men who complain, blame, refuse to take personal responsibility for their part in creating their own mess. Chris, this used to be me. I used to blame yeah. everyone else for my situation. It's their fault. Yeah. If only they did this, they didn't do this, then I would have or not have. And I wouldn't own my part in it. When I finally took responsibility and extreme ownership, man, things started to shift. So when you're ready, Chris, I'm going to uh, walk your guys through um, what that actually looks like. The seven steps for mastering anger and stress. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take one more quick break, then we'll jump right back into that, Joseph. All right, guys, we're back. You know, you know how these rocks have impacted you. He's definitely defined, you know, who he's trying to help and who he's trying to serve here. So, Joseph, we'll hand it right back to you. What are the seven steps? All right. So the seven steps for mastering your anger and your stress. Ready? If you don't take notes, well. You're not going to remember because you got rocks in your head and right, they're just right. going to make you forget right. everything. So write, write this down, hit replay, listen to the show a few times. All right. The first uh, step is number one. We spoke of, you got to take outrageous ownership, outrageous ownership. And this, I'm just going to read this right from my book. You got to say to yourself, I take extreme ownership for the life that I've created. No one else is to blame. I face and embrace the consequences of my decisions, and I will not try to escape my life ever again. I'm going to lean in and change it, and I'm Love not going to do it alone. Stop running from your own life. Stop running from your rocks. Stop. You're a son of God the Father. You've been given authority to smash these rocks. To destroy the enemy, to protect your wife and your children, and to build up God's kingdom. You're not meant to run. 
And the running is what's causing most of your stress because your heart knows it's wrong. It's causing most of your anxiousness, your anxiety, because it's not aligned with what God has meant for you. Outrageous ownership, outrageous ownership. Step two, radical responsibility, radical responsibility. I will do whatever it takes to create workability in all areas of my life. And I accept that no one is coming to save me. Brothers, when you get that, you got to do something now. That's right. That's right. It's all you. Right? Now, there's only one savior we all have, and his name is Jesus. But the funny thing I've learned in my spiritual journey, Chris, maybe you can relate, is that God does not help me and come to my rescue until I've exhausted all my own resilience. Mm. I've exhausted all my own sweat. And I've taken action as far as my abilities are capable of. And, and when I finally bitch. run out of self, right. self, then God swoops in yep. and gives me the outcome and the result that's good, that's best. So that he could take the glory, not me. Because everyone else saw Joseph ran out. <laughs> He was on fumes, man. He was like a car on the side of the road smoking with flat tires. Right. And then all of a sudden he's at the finish line. Well, shoot, Joseph didn't do that. God did that. That's right. That's right. Right. So radical responsibility. Number three, step three, loving leadership, loving leadership, leadership. I have a three word definition for leadership, men. When you get this, it will change the way you show up with your people, whether at home or at work. Leadership means I go first. It means you go first. You go first. No one else. You go first. I will put myself at risk. Not my wife, not my kids, not my parents, not my siblings, not my friends, not my employees. I will go first and I will do it today. Let that penetrate you. This is what Jesus did. He modeled leadership. He went to the cross first. Right. He didn't hesitate. He did send up a human prayer to his heavenly father saying, hey, dad, can I get out of, uh, you know, uh, get out of jail free card here? But right. if it's your will, I want that. Right. And then he faced Jerusalem, faced like Flint, and walked into his destiny. That's right. That's leadership. That's masculinity. That's what your wife and your children are waiting to see in you. That's right. There's a cost. Either you're going to take the hits for your family, or you're going to watch your wife take the hits, or you're going to watch your kids take the hits. Man the F up. It's you that God put the responsibility on. Right. You're the shield for the family. God's the shield for you. Did you get that? Beautiful. You're the shield for your family. God is the shield for you. Stop asking and making your wife go first. Oh, she's more spiritual than me, Joseph. She's just really good at those things, leading the prayers and stuff, you know? Great. I'm glad she's good at those things, but she's not responsible for them. God said you are. Right. She's not going to answer for those things. You are. 
You think you're going to show up to the gates of heaven and say, well, God, you know, I asked my wife to do a better job and she just didn't do a better job. I don't know what to say. <laughs> God's going to know what to say. He's going to get it. That's right. He's going to get it and you're going to get it, bro. <laughs> All right. Step four, spiritual surrender. Spiritual surrender. This was one of the most incredible things I've ever done in my life. Also one of the most difficult. I give God total and complete control over my business and my family. I am only responsible for my actions and my inaction. Mm. All outcomes and results belong to God, not me. All outcomes and results belong to God, not me. Most of your stress, brother, is coming from you trying to control the outcomes in the situations of your life. And you can't. Because it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God and you're not God and he is. So when you steal from God, steal control from the creator of the universe, you're going to get stressed to bleep out and it's not going to work. And that lack or loss of control you're going to feel and the frustration you're going to feel is going to cause stress and anxiety in you. And it's going to build into big, massive rocks. Spiritual surrender is the key. This is what Jesus taught us to lay down our ego to lay down our pride, to lay down our control at the feet of the cross and say, God, I can't do this. I need you to do this. I'm willing you. to do the work. Show me the steps. I will run into the arrows for my family. Right. But I need to know which direction to run, God. That's right. This is what God's waiting for. Sons to show up like this. Masculine. Yeah. Step five. Bold belief, bold belief. I place all my trust unreservedly in God's providence and biblical promises. The king of the universe is my father. It is unreasonable for me to doubt, complain, or worry about the future when the king of the universe is my father. It's unreasonable. So for all of you that chronic worry, chronic depression, chronic anxiety, that all comes from trying to control the future mm-hmm. and impending doom and outcomes and results that don't belong to you, which goes back to spiritual surrender. But after you spiritually surrender to God, then you must boldly believe in his biblical promises that he will take over your life, that he will bring good plans Plans for good and not for harm for you and your family and your business. You have Mm -hmm. to boldly believe it and put it on the line and say, God, I surrendered. I did what you asked. Now you need to come through on your end. You said here, like if I earnestly seek the kingdom and it's and your righteousness, all these things will be given to me. Meaning you're going to take care of my bills. You're going to take care of my wife. You're going to take care of my my kid, right? You're going to take care of all these things. My focus needs to be on you. I show up and do the actions in these areas of my life. But man, you got this. Thank you, God. Thank you in advance for the miracles you're about to bring into my life. Chris, when I started praying and acting and believing that way, God took over. Oh, yeah. For sure. Right? And same for all my clients. Uh, Step six, we're getting there, gentlemen. Powerful perseverance. Powerful perseverance. Listen. There's two things you need to understand about God. One, you need to align with God's will. Okay? Most of you don't know what it is. 
That's because you're not spending time with him and asking him. All right. And then two, after you know God's will, you must align with God's timing. Both are required. All right. Second, and we don't like God's timing. Yeah, that's the hard yeah, part. Bro, bro, I'm a little control freak, man. And I'm a yesterday kind of guy. Like, let's get it done yesterday. Right. Instant gratifications we live in. We want everything fast. That's not how God works in the spiritual realm. So powerful perseverance. I wait patiently on the Lord to bring me his best. As I wait, I am brave and courageous, trusting that God will not fail me. To receive God's best, I must pass the test. Mm -hmm. To receive God's best, I must pass the test. Yeah. Wait patiently on the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently on the Lord. This is what God's word says to us. Mm. Why do you think it says, wait patiently on the Lord twice? Because we're not patient. Because <laughs> we're not patient, <laughs> right? Well, what do I do in the meantime? Well, it's right in the middle. It's a sandwich, right? Right. Be brave and courageous. Right. That's what God says. Be brave and courageous, meaning be still. Know yep. I am God. That takes right. bravery to, to not take action when you're a little control freak. <laughs> That's right. And to just right. wait on God, like that takes courage. Be brave and courageous. All right. That's powerful perseverance. And then the final step in mastering your anger and your stress, gentlemen, is eager expectation. Eager expectation. I expect only good things from God because I am his son and he loves me. I expect miracles because I believe that everything is possible with God yes. and that I can do all things. Through Jesus Christ, who strengthens me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Eager expectation. Gentlemen, let's run through a real, a quick recap. So step, seven steps for mastering anger and stress. Step one, outrageous ownership, radical responsibility, loving leadership, spiritual surrender, bold belief, powerful perseverance, and eager childlike expectation that your father is good and he's got you and he's got your wife and he's got your kids and he's got your family. Now you got to show up and get with him. Right. Those right. are my seven steps. Ask me anything. Joe, this, I tell you what, for guys and when you tuned in and you're, you're trying to understand and process that anger, you may not know what you're going to be getting into, but Joseph, you brought the house, my friend. This was beautiful. I mean, because just the way you started it off with the rocks and helping us understand what those are, because I, I'm with you. So many guys that even an I coach with, they, they bury them. It's buried. We don't think about mm -hmm. it. And then when we bring them up, then what? We don't know how to, how to actually approach that. So I love the seven steps. I think this has been a, just a masterful way that you outline this, that you're serving other people, that you're really trying to help these men get better. And, I, I can't thank you enough. I'm, I'm curious for, for the lions out there that are listening, where do you want them to go? Where should they go to learn more, to connect with you, uh, to, to, to get your resources? We'll make sure we have all those links are in the show notes for our listeners, but just curious, is there a website or is there somewhere that you like to point people to? Sure. Uh, thank you for the invite. Uh, so if you resonated with today's topic, if you've clearly identified rocks and I've helped you to do that in your own life, and you're finally ready to take action, and you want these rocks gone permanently, 
You don't want to just live with them, cope with them, uh, find ways to manage them, but you want them blasted out and you want God's help in the matter. And you're ready to trust him and to surrender to him. And I'll teach you how to do that. The actual uh, system that I have that works for all my clients where they get miracle results in their lives. Marriages are saved. Kid uh, relationships with their children are restored after 10 years of being absent fathers. Like these types of miracles, if you want these things to happen in your life, then I'm about to launch a group coaching program for you, gentlemen. It's called Blow Up Rocks, right? Blow Up Rocks. That's what we're going to do. Let's be real. We don't like hearing we have rocks, but man, we sure like to hear if we could go blow those things up. We're like little boys. We want to blow things up. We want to destroy things. Right now, maybe the rocks are destroying you. It's time for you to destroy the rocks. So we're going to blow up those rocks together. I'm going to help you, and I'm going to lead a cohort of men through this over the next 12 months. It's going to be a 90-day uh, spiritual boot camp where we get right into it, and we blast the rocks for 90 days. That's the demolition uh, part of it. And then we're going to do nine months of uh, coaching into peace and into purpose, really getting clear on your calling. But first, we got to get rid of the rocks. That's why you're, you don't know your purpose. That's why you're not aligning with God's plan. So we're going to clear out the rocks. God's going to help you do it. And then we're going to get you, move you into your peace and into your purpose for your family. It's going to be tremendous. Um, you, so you could go find out more about that at blowuprocks.com. If you are a guy that says, hey, Joseph, I think you're my coach. I want to do one-on-one. Group is cool, but man, I want the one-on-one. I want the best of the best. Well, then go to freepurposecall.com. Freepurposecall.com. And you could schedule a one-on-one uh, coaching call with me. And we're going to speak about your rocks. You're going to identify the rocks on the call. We're going to get clear on whether or not we want to work together, you and I. Very right? Cool. And that's a, uh, that's a larger investment. That's one-on-one. That's my time, bro. Right. Right? But right. if finances are a little somewhere in between, you got some rocks going on there, maybe the group coaching is for you. So blowuprocks.com or freepurposecall.com. Nice, nice. And be sure to check out the show notes, guys. We'll have the links there. You can go directly to that, connect with Joseph. And the question that I want to leave you with is just thinking about what triggers anger in your life. You know, and guys, as many of the, the, the rocks that Joseph talked about today, I'm sure that you have some triggers that, that, that are coming to mind. So the question now is going to be, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to respond? So Joseph, my friend, thank you so much for coming on today. I've really enjoyed you know, learning from you and just for all the wisdom and insight that you brought. Chris, you're a fantastic host. Uh, thank you for you and for your community, your audience. Um, and may God be glorified through our conversation today. May he transform the heart of one man. One man. That's the hope. And if you're listening right now, God is tapping your heart, brother. That's one right. man, take action. Take action in a powerful way that scares you a little. Right. God wants you. He's ready for you. Let's go. That's it. So guys, go out there, share this conversation. You know, text it to 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 your brothers right now. You know, get it out there. Let them hear Joseph's message, but the the way he's trying to serve others. So send that text message. Go to the line within dot us. Check out all the resources there. The Bible study, the way to connect with us as well. Give that five star rating and review. Guys, go out, manage that anger. Hit it head on and unleash the lion within.